Good morning, everybody. This is Jen Shaughnessy with The Makeup Show. I'm here today in sunny New York to talk about aging skin and makeup. This came as a request from two people, actually, my Aunt Sue and my friend Sarah. They wanted to know about aging skin and how to make changes to accommodate for the changes in skin texture and spreadability. So um, my Aunt Sue asked about eyeliner for her creepy eyelids. That's exactly what she said. Um, and it's basically, you know, the skin loses elasticity, so it becomes a little less stretched and the skin is more together, so it's, it's bunched together more, which means you need a product that's going to glide on it super smooth, like a coal pencil, for example. Coal pencils are extremely soft. They glide on super smooth, but the only problem with them is that they are not really waterproof, so they don't harden. They stay super soft, and um, they could transfer to other areas of the eyelids. So I do highly recommend putting a primer on the eyelid, like MAC Paint Pots, for example. And I don't usually recommend putting concealer on the eyelid because it doesn't usually stay. It usually creases. However, I found with the Tarte Shape Tape, as long as you don't put your eye cream on your eyelid, this is huge. I say this all the time, but I really want you to remember it. When you put your eye cream on, it should only go underneath the eye. It should not touch your lashes. When it touches your lashes and your lash line, it creates a barrier. So when you go to put your mascara and your eyeliner on, it eventually just slides right off because it doesn't have anything to adhere to. Eyeliner and mascara need to stick directly to the skin and the lashes or a primer that's on the skin. Otherwise, it's just going to run down your face and it's not going to last. So make a note of that. When putting eye cream on, put it underneath the eyes. Do not touch the lashes. And when you put it above the eyes, just put it around the brow bone, but not on the eyelid itself. Then you'll want to place your primer on your eyelid nice and smooth. Don't be, don't go messy with it. Put it on with a brush so that when you apply it, you don't have to put it all over the place and you're not getting overspread on your lashes because you don't want that on your lashes either. You want your mascara to stick directly to your lashes. Um, okay. So once you're done with your primer, then you can put your eyeshadows on and then you're going to put your coal pencil on. If this doesn't really apply to you and you're not worried about spreading the pencil, um, then you can do your liquid or your other pencil, or you can use eyeshadow as an eyeliner with a brush, but it does flake off. It doesn't last all day and it definitely creates fallout and falls below the island. Once you're done with your pencil, you can smooth it out with a pencil brush. Um, Mac makes them, Morphe makes them, and then you can just spread it by placing it directly on where you've put your pencil and spreading it from the outer corner of your eye to the inner corner of your eye or the inner corner of your eye to the outer corner of your eye. With cold pencils, because they spread so much, they're kind of a thick product. 
So you don't even have to draw it from corner to corner. You could do like halfway or you could do um, three quarters of the way or one quarter of the way. It just depends on how dark you want it to be. If you want it to be barely noticeable, start with a quarter. If you notice you need more, add more. If you want it super dramatic, corner to corner is fine. I just recommend spreading it out so that it's not um, a super solid, thick, dark line without diffused edges. Um, so that's that's kind of important. Otherwise, it looks too hard. And then, you know, as far as aging skin goes, a lot of people will say to me, I never put mascara on my bottom lid. It makes me look old. Or I never do dark liner because it makes me look old. It doesn't. It's not the mascara. It's not the liner. It's how it's applied. Black mascara can look good on everybody as long as it's not super thick and super dark, meaning not diffused. When it's a straight line, unless it's a liquid line, that's a cat liner. That's pretty much the only exception, but it doesn't make people look old. It's just how it's applied. And if it's not blended, yeah, it's going to make you look old because you got a, a dark line on you. That's not diffused. So that's, that's a huge point that I want you to keep in mind is yes, you can still wear black. Yes. You can still wear dark brown. You can still wear all the colors you want to wear. Just make sure that when you put it on, you blend it so that it's nice and soft looking and it's not like a hard, thick, unblended line. I will follow up this podcast with a video this morning to show you exactly how to apply it. Um, I'll put it on Instagram and I'll put it on my blog so that you can see it. And then um, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And then I can show you the brushes that I would use to do this type of um, blend and then I can recommend a couple pencils. Now, cold pencils are not the only pencils that are soft. They are just the softest. There are definitely a lot of pencils out there that are super soft and they spread really well. Some of them even turn into waterproof liner. So if you're a person who has um, watery eyes that just constantly drip all day long, or you have contacts and you have dry eyes and you have to put drops in your eyes all the time, then um, a waterproof pencil is probably the best thing for you. So um, that's something to keep in mind. Now, in terms of when to apply your eyes, I always recommend doing your eyes first. Eyes can be pretty messy and they're pretty much the most creative part of the makeup process for most people. So it's not a bad idea to do eyes first. Then you can make a mess and not worry about it. If you make a mistake, it's super easy to clean up. All you need to do is take a face makeup wipe or a baby wipe with a little bit of makeup remover on it or a cotton pad with makeup remover on it and then clean up whatever eyeshadow fallout there is, whatever mistakes you've made. And if you've gone over the... Um, intended space for your eye makeup, you can just wipe it off really quickly. Now, if you're not sure where your makeup should end, for aging eyes, this is really important. Um, the invisible lines of the face that people are drawn to will sort of determine how old or how young you look. Now, one thing I will say is the higher lift the eye is given the younger a person will look. When your hair is pulled back and off your face, you look younger. Like me, uh, if I have a ponytail on my head, I look like I'm in my 20s versus in my 40s. So, you know, like when your hair is pulled back, it makes you look younger. 
when your eyes are lifted with, um, with your, the way you've ended your eye makeup on the corner of your eye, it makes you look younger too. And what I mean by that is to take the corner of your nose to the outer corner of your eye and draw a line straight from your nose all the way up to where your eyebrow should end. That invisible line right there is number one, where your makeup should end, where your cat eyeliner would be angled towards, and where the end of your eyebrow tail should be. So that is a very important point to get used to when you're doing your eye makeup. And that's what I mean by cleaning up your makeup after you're done with it. Because you can wipe that direction clean and then you can get right into your concealer and your foundation and your blush and your highlighter or whatever it is that you put on your face. And if you need to go back over it a tiny little bit with your eyeshadow brushes, no more product, just the brushes to blend it out so it doesn't look like a, a sharply wiped clean line. So in terms of finishes for aging skin, if you want to minimize how uneven the skin has become and the wrinkles or the lines that you're seeing now, the more matte finish a product is and less frosted something is, the less imperfections it will show. And that's not saying that you have to stop using anything with a frost. You don't have to stop using frosted eyeshadow. If you want to wear it, wear it. It doesn't matter. It's really just what you're comfortable with. But if you're really struggling with your age right now and it's become a depressing time for you to put makeup on, then an option for you would be to apply matte finish eyeshadows, matte finish blushes and lipsticks, or cream finish lipsticks, and avoid the products that are heavily frosted. In terms of foundation, um, most people, when they get older, they lose hydration in their cells. So they lose water in their cells, the skin dries out, and you constantly feel the need to be heavily moisturized with a heavy cream, and you tend to prefer milky cream cleansers. Um, most people stray away from bar soaps and foam cleansers and gel cleansers because it dries them out too much. So switching to these creamier products will help you also um, prep the skin for your foundation application. Foundations can range in all different kinds of finishes. I prefer the cream finishes. I like the way they spread. I particularly love them for aging skin because of their spreadability and because of how soft the skin looks. And they don't have to be followed up with an extremely drying foundation powder. You can just set them with an HD powder um, and then you can apply your blush right on top of it. You could either um, use a cream blush directly on top of the cream foundation and then set it with a powder or you can do the cream foundation and then set it with an HD powder and then apply a blush on top of that. Again, if you want to minimize how wrinkled or imperfect the skin is, then you can apply it with a blush that doesn't have any, any glitter to it or any um, frost to it. You can just apply like a matte finish bronzer or a cream bronzer. I'm sorry, a blush. You definitely can use a bronzer if you want. Um, it warms up the skin if you're feeling a little pale and you don't want to go out in the, in the sun anymore and cause any further damage. You could definitely use a bronzer. 
Um, there's a couple different methods you could do. Uh, when I worked for Lancome, they taught you to do the W method on your face, which is on the cheekbones, on the bridge of the nose, and in between so that you were pretty much forming a W as you applied the bronzer. You could also just do it right where the sun would normally hit your face. So like the high point of your forehead, the high point of your nose, the high point of your cheekbones and your chin. And then you can even follow it up by putting it underneath the jaw and on uh, the chest if you wanted to. But again, I would definitely use matte finishes. I would avoid any creams and um, I wouldn't do anything that has any glitter. As for lip color, um, you could go a couple different methods with this. If your lips are super dry, you're probably going to want to use a nice, soft, smooth lip liner with a cream finish lipstick. Um, You can definitely use glosses on top of that. It will affect how long the lipstick lasts, so you'll be reapplying it sooner. And it will also show imperfections in the texture of the lip skin. So if that's something you're trying to avoid, then put a cream finish lipstick on it. And not a long-lasting lipstick because they're extremely drying and chalky. And they also do the same thing when it comes to showing the uh, imperfections in the texture of the skin on the lip. Now, one benefit to using matte finish products... They are actually my favorite and the only types of finishes I can use when I'm doing a commercial shoot or a video shoot shot in HD that's for a pharmaceutical company or a doctor's office or something where it requires makeup to be extremely natural. It has a higher color payoff. And what that means is it shows its true color better than a frosted product does. A frosted product is exactly the opposite. It's the lowest form of color payoff. So once a light bounces on that and reflects off of a frost, it loses its color and it loses its depth and color and it loses how dark or how bright the color actually is. So by using a matte finish product, you're getting the highest color payoff. It stays the truest to its color and in pictures it looks so much better. So there's no reflection to it. It just shows like the pretty, the pretty color it is and it doesn't lose any color. So that, that's, that's one benefit to actually switching to matte finish products. Um, I usually do a matte finish eye. Some of my favorite palettes out there are Urban Decay Naked palettes. Um, the Naked Basics palette is all matte. And there's also three palettes that IT Cosmetics makes, the Natural Pretty palettes. Um, they're all matte finishes. And it even has one large shadow inside it that is a um, a somewhat frosted. It's considered a satin. So it's got a little bit of a reflection to it, but it's not quite as metallic as a frost. So if you do want to add like a little tiny bit of frost, that's okay. You You can do that by adding this one particular eyeshadow all over every part of your eye that you've done. Um, That's all I can think of in terms of matte finish. Oh, no, that's a lie. There is Carity. Carity is a a newer company that's emerged over the last year or two, and they have amazing palettes. They have palettes for $25 or $26 on Carity.com, and um, they have a matte finish palette that's absolutely beautiful. There's also Morphe. I forgot about that, too. Morphe has a couple palettes that are $23, and um, you can order those on morphebrushes.com. 
and they've got some great color ranges too. Ulta does carry Morphe. I don't recall seeing the matte finish palette there, and I don't know if it's because they were just out of it the day that I went or because it's not a product that they normally carry there. But um, if it's not, you can get it on morphebrushes.com. You can order some of their palettes off of Amazon. I believe that palette is on there too. Just make sure if you're ordering from Amazon that you do order it from Morphe on Amazon and not a um, and not another independent company because it could be counterfeit and it could have some pretty nasty stuff in its ingredients that you don't want to get into. That is another topic I will cover actually is counterfeit products and why not to buy online um, from companies that you don't know to save money and get certain brands cheaper because it's actually very dangerous. So I'm going to leave that as a cliffhanger because I would like to cover that in depth, but I'm not going to do it on this particular podcast. Now, as far as brushes go for eyeshadows, um, I always recommend that you have a concealer brush for your primer, an eyeshadow brush for your eyelid, a tapered blending brush for your crease, and a fluffy brush that you can use to apply eyeshadow on your brow bone and then blend the outer crease and the eyebrow highlight together so that it becomes more diffused. I also recommend a pencil blending brush for your eyeliner. So that's four brushes right there just for your eyes. You don't have to go super expensive with brushes, but I also suggest that when you buy them, you feel them so that you're not buying anything that's super sharp and stabby because number one, it's going to tear up your eyeshadow and make a huge mess out of it and then create a lot of fallout. But it's also going to be very uncomfortable applying it and blending it and it will cause irritation in the skin and irritation causes aging and damage. So that's something that you want to avoid. As far as face brushes go, if you're going to get a cream foundation and you're going to make that switch, you're going to want a flat top kabuki foundation brush. A flat top kabuki foundation brush is absolutely necessary in the application for a cream foundation and I will tell you why. There are about 10,000 bristles in that kind of brush head and it makes it blended perfectly so that it looks like it's airbrushed. And also when you're using that brush, you are going to use about a quarter of what you think you need because it's going to grab so much product. I normally take the brush, I pat it into the compact a couple times, I put it on the forehead, I put a couple splotches on the cheekbones and then the chin. And then I start applying the brush and blending it right on the cheekbone where I want the most amount of coverage on that side of the face. And then I go to the other side of the face and then I do the nose and the forehead and the chin and then I tuck it under the chin and the jawbone. Then in terms of a, if you do make the switch to a cream blush, you are going to need a different brush for the cream blush. But if you have an old foundation brush, Um, that you're not going to be using now because you're going to make the switch to the cream, you can very easily use that or a foundation brush, a regular foundation brush to apply it on the cheekbones and then um, blend it. Then if you're going to use an HD powder, you just need a large powder brush to apply it. And um, if you're going to use a bronzer, you can very easily use a blush brush to apply a bronzer. That's pretty much it. Um, so just, just to recap and give a little bit of a summary for aging skin, you want to avoid frosted glittery products as much as possible. You want to put moisture back in the skin and moisture is not the same thing as oil. You want to hydrate the skin as much as possible. 
and you want to use creamier products on the lips. If you have any further questions, please feel free to reach out to me. You can either email me, jenshaughnessy at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, jenshaughnessy.com, and fill out the contact form and submit a question. Or you can go to Instagram, jenshaughnessymakeup, and shoot me a direct message there. I am on other social media outlets, but I tend to prefer using Instagram, so I, um, I don't really go on the other sites as much, and you wouldn't get a f- as much of a fast response. So that's all I have to say about that for today. Thank you so much for joining. I know we've got people listening from all over the world. It looks like France, Norway, Japan, Australia, all over the U.S. and up in Alaska. So thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Please let me know how I'm doing. Construction or... (laughs) Constructive criticism is definitely a gift, and I look forward to knowing how I can improve this show so I can improve your listening experience. So please let me know about that. Thank you so much. Um, I hope everybody has a great day, and I will talk to you next time.